Welcome to the Faculty Podcast. This is Tommy Keene, Professor of New Testament here at RTS Washington. And over the next couple of weeks, we'll be posting some special episodes in our Faculty Shorts series. Uh, For those who don't know or don't remember, these are bite-sized, one-topic interviews with scholars, professors, church leaders, uh, a bit more than an appetizer, but a bit less than a full meal and perfect for a quick mental boost, perhaps on your commute or uh, for your listening pleasure. We had the opportunity to interview several colleagues and friends recently at the academic conferences in November. Wanted to share them with you alongside our regular programming. Hope you enjoy. As always, there's extra links in the show notes, including relevant books, links for leaving feedback and questions, and of course, one for donating to RTS Washington. Here at the conferences with Ham Clausing, which we, we met before Gray Sutanto. Yeah, we, we were friends before. We were friends before Gray, and I think before that's important Gray, to say. And this is always an important thing for us to point out. Gray does not define our relationship. That's right. But you are a, you are a Bavink guy, and I was particularly interested in your dissertation, your published dissertation yeah. now, Bavink and history, because... Yeah. Uh, well, because of my own interest, uh, it's impossible to se- separate biblical revelation from the historical mode in which we received it. But I don't know that that's what you're talking about. Tell us about Bob Incan history. What's going on there? Yeah, I, I mean, so the work I've done is primarily on Bob Inc.'s theological method in history. Yeah. And, uh, and particularly looking at how um, the ni- in the 19th century you get uh, the development of history as we know it. So, like, so the way that we understand history now is not the way that historically history has ever been done. Mm-hmm. Up until mm-hmm. the 19th century, uh, you really have history being used for what can we learn from this? What's the moral of the story? Yeah. And in the 19th century, you get, no, we want to know how things actually happened. Um, and it's kind of history the way it was is like the idea. modern historiography. Yeah, modern yeah. historiography, the way that we understand to do it in the university now. And and while that's happening, theology is being influenced by that. I mean you yeah. and you and the biblical studies understand this because you get the you start to get the question of the historical Jesus, you start to try to figure out like the the history behind the text. And that's happening in theology at the same time in the in the nineteenth yeah. century. Yeah. So um, Bavink is influenced by that, and Bavink is kind of developing what does it mean to be an orthodox theologian who is also engaging with modern 19th century uh, historical thoughts. So um, the big thing that I the big thing that I'm developing is this idea that Bavink understands his locatedness mm. in history, like where he is, right. what he's received, but also the fact that that. Um, the, 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 the study of theology is still progressing and moving forward. So the big tagline that I use throughout the book is, uh, is a line from Bavink's book, uh, Bavink's article, uh, The Pros and Cons of a Dogmatic System. And he says, a Christian dogmatic does not yet exist, hmm. which is a provocative statement. I mean, yeah. what, he, what he's saying there is, uh, we can't have a Christian dogmatic until everybody from every place and every time have fed into it. And thus he says that we won't have a completed dogmatics until the coming of Christ. 
That's that's fascinating. It it implies then that that there is a. I'm sure you would say that we can be objective. That we can say things truly, even now. But that would always be, in one sense, preliminary. We we need the fullness of history to occur before we can have a full theological dogmatics. Yeah, I mean, so this is the that, that's the thing that makes it really um, that makes Bavink orthodox uh, and yet modern. Um, he's orthodox in the sense that he's going to say, yeah, there is a there is universal truth. Right. Um, there are things that we can say. These are this is what we believe. Right. So I mean, for Bavink, he's going to go back to the creeds. He's going to go back to the historic reform confessions, and yet he's going to say that while particularly the creeds tell us uh, the truth and nothing but the truth, they don't tell us the whole truth right. and nothing right. but the right. truth. Right. So so the goal, the, the, the thing is, is that is that theology is always right. expanding, and and there's a sense then in which you you are always holding your your uh, your theology in your hand openly, yeah. knowing that there are things that could change. So, and, and this this is what what makes him what makes him modern is the fact that he's willing to say that. Whereas, like when you get to Cal, when you read Calvin, and, and uh, Beza says this, um, Beza tells the story of Calvin uh, near the end of his life, where Calvin says, um, "Okay, the, you, we've reformed the church." Right it's now, done. it's your now it's your turn, and it's your job to keep it this way. Yeah, Bavink would say Bavink would, uh, would embrace that 19th century line that that has become ubiquitous inside of the Reformed tradition of we are the we are the Reformed Church always reforming. Right. right. And and Calvin would just reject that as a principle. So so help me then. How does that not make theology relativistic? Okay. So now I've got this new thing. You know, I've got the, I've got these new social you know, values, I've got new social cues, I may, I just need to scrap the old, in with the new. Yeah, yeah. So, once again, this is where Bavink's theological method actually comes into play, and I think it's really helpful, in that Bavink is, uh, Bavink would say that part of his theological method, I mean, he, so he has a threefold theological method where it's scripture, the church, and Christian consciousness, or, or, or what we would call the, the situatedness of, of, the, of the individual theologian and, and scripture becomes the normative the the normative guide for doing yeah. theology yeah. and so, so he's always grounded in what scripture says what right. does the bible say but he's also going to always read that alongside the church what has the church historically said about these things right. so um, so whereas with like a, a schleiermacher who is um, who sees do dogmatics and, and christian doctrine as particular things that are said about God and the faith at a particular time in a particular place and thus every generation needs to revisit these things yeah, and this is yeah. why like at the Let's end of his dogmatics uh, Schleiermacher is asking the question is the Trinity actually something like should we confess the Trinity as it's historically been confessed Bavink would say no I mean the church has decided this maybe there are new things that we need to think about in relation to how in relation to new questions that are being asked, but the very the very essence of what we believe about this, we find that in Scripture, and we find it in, uh, confessed in the Church at all, at all times and all places. Um, and now, maybe in our contemporary context, we need to think about it in new ways. So Bavink do, Bavink does that with uh, where, where he starts to think about okay, there are problems about personhood in my in my contemporary context that are brought up by Hegel. So what do I do? Uh, 
I, I come up with it. I, I, I engage with 19th century German philosophy and I and I say, oh, you know what? The idea of absolute personality is really helpful. Yeah. And, and thus he uses that. Whether yeah. or not that's yeah. actually a good move is something right. that we can debate, well, but like, that's kind of how he thinks about it. What would be some of those... I really want to talk about biblical theology, but yeah. I think it's better to talk about what you're... This, this, this question, what, what are those kind of key moments in our own context yeah. that cause us not to revisit, you know, not to, you know, uh, throw out our, yeah. our heritage, yeah. as you put it, but cause us to kind of wrestle with theological reasoning in light of what? Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, your colleague Grace Atanto is doing this right now. Grace's work on, um, on on anthropology, yeah, oh, and, and, and the stuff that he's doing there is actually really, really uh, <clears throat> constructive. And he's not leaving the tradition behind. He's saying, okay, here's what the church has said about what it means to be human, but yet we have new questions in, yeah. inside of this like, psychology. Yeah, psychology. We have questions. I mean, even questions surrounding. Um, surrounding AI and surrounding, like all these things that like you have to start asking questions about. I mean, my friend, um, who, who you also know, and also another Bobbing scholar, uh, Greg Parker, mm -hmm. is doing some great work in this area as well, where where he's dealing with contemporary issues surrounding artificial wombs, mm -hmm. but he's doing that with the context of saying, okay, what does the church always confess, and what do we need to actually develop now because there's this new issue that we're yeah. that we're encountering in this yeah. world. Um, there's questions surrounding. Uh, surrounding metaphysics and uh, and the Trinity, can we do the doctrine of God, where there's a question of whether or not metaphysics are even possible for us to yeah, do? Yeah. So, like those types of questions aren't questions that have ever been grappled with before, and it doesn't require us. Like, I mean, some people would say, no, we need to throw out all that old theology because all that old theology is wrong, and we need to develop all new. And there are heaps of theologians doing that, and we just need to rethink it all. But I think the 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 people that are going to follow in that Bobinkian line, if you will, and trying to say, okay, how can we engage the modern world, are going to say, okay, what has the church always confessed? What does the Bible say? And now how do we bring those two things to bear on our contemporary situation and thus reformulate and also progress our theological, uh, our, our theological standards? I think it's fascinating. So like my own work is in hermeneutics and dialogical interpretation and how metaphor particularly, you know, takes, has its own kind of circumstantial historical reference, but also modern approaches kind of impact the meaning of these kinds of things. What do we do with that? And it sounds like Bobbing's already thinking about a lot of those lines from a systematic theological perspective, that it's not, there, there's this tension between doing theology in tradition, but also applying that tradition, not jettisoning it, but applying it to new questions, new answers, which results in, I mean, can we even say new knowledge? Yeah, this is the, this is the question that I've struggled with. Like, is there is there a such thing as new theology? Like, is there is there is there actual new things that we're learning? I, I think there is. I think that there's a way in which we can say, um, it's as we grow in our, um, and our knowledge of God, we, we will learn new things about him. I mean, it's, I, I think th this is what the new heavens and the new earth will be, yeah, isn't it? that's right. It, it is, it is con I mean, it's constantly learning something new about God for all eternity, which kind of excites me a lot. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Um, 
so yeah, I mean, I think that it is, there is a sense in which it is new knowledge of God, new, and a new way in which we are experiencing God and finding that uh, the depths of the riches of the knowledge of, of God um, and finding that from him and, and through him and to him are all things. Yeah, yeah. So there's, I mean, there's this, there's this beauty, there's this beauty in what, in what happens. And, and, um, I mean, you guys do it in, in biblical studies all the time. And Bob Inc is at the, is, is at the forefront, I think, inside of, uh, contempt, inside of modern, modern systematic thoughts in these, in this world. And, and I think he becomes a really helpful model for us in how to engage in that way and, yeah. and thinking through yeah, how can I how can I say rooted in scripture but faithful to the tradition while at the same time understanding my own my own time time and place and I think oftentimes especially inside of evangelical conservative worlds we're really good at rooted in uh, rooted in scripture yeah. and faithful to our tradition um, so that, so, but but we don't, but we don't, we kind of want to pretend like our modern times don't exist, right? Or on, on other ends of the evangelical, uh, evangelical, uh, conservative world, we're rooted in scripture, and want to be faithful to our modern times, and thus we jettison uh, what the church has said. Yeah, yeah. And, and what Bobbing says is actually you can't do that. You have to. You have to do all. You have to do all of the all three of those things at the same time, and all three of those things have to control your your theological process in uh, in diverse ways, and, and and doing them in concert with one another. That's great. Thanks for being here, Ken. So much fun to see you.